The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, 1977. The first of two studio releases in 1977 is an unlikely return to the package feature, an even stronger cost-cutting maneuver than the Xeroxing displayed therein. Winnie the Pooh ends Reitherman's solo directorial run as he is joined by the youngest of the nine old men, John Lounsbury, who directed one of the shorts being compiled. While the film's tight 74-minute runtime consists of shorts produced between 1966 and 1974, the shorts are strong and are deftly tied together through the sublime storybook visuals that come alive in the shorts themselves. Of all the films I have covered up to this point, Winnie the Pooh is the first one that has significantly maintained an object of appreciation for me from childhood. Not only did I adore watching it for this project, but I have never stopped loving the character and world ever since my first exposure. The three shorts that make up the film are Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, each showcasing the character of Pooh and how he bounces off the rest of the incredible cast. The film is given a solid ending as well, that features Christopher Robin heading off for school, a perfect bookend to the collection of stories that insists he can always come back to see Pooh when he wants to. Pooh is voiced by Sterling Holloway, a Disney regular, but the specific pace and cadence in this role makes for his greatest contribution to the studio. Much of Pooh's charm is not just the funny things he says, but the spacey tone he maintains in any circumstance, making for a much more dynamic lead compared to the hot shots that Phil Harris has played across the past decade. The entire cast of Winnie the Pooh delivers at this level, vividly capturing explosive or demure personalities that the animation complements flawlessly. The score and songs, too, capture a phenomenal charm that permeates the whole picture to remarkable and saccharine levels. The plot of the shorts are incredibly simple, and this is a strength as they prioritize the characters' entertaining performances. They all center a sort of non-conflict that is resolved easily by the end through a punchline, and they all hit. These include Pooh running out of honey and getting stuck in Rabbit's home, a day that is so windy the letters fly off the pages, and Tigger getting stuck in a tree after bouncing. The tone is always perfectly struck as light and comedic, and often breaks the fourth wall, including Gopher joking about not being in the original book, and Tigger asking the narrator to narrate him down out of the tree. Throughout the shorts are great set pieces that are well animated and built around well-crafted visual gags. The movement of Honey, a frequent visual, is always great, and when Pooh is stuck in Rabbit's door, Rabbit attempts to turn him into wall art, creating one of the single funniest images in the Disney canon. The movement of characters in the wind and blustery day, and the flying letters going past them are both impressive and funny, and the usage of the wind for comedy continues as Pooh and Piglet slide back and forth across Owl's floor as his treehouse is rocked rhythmically and he rambles through a story, seemingly unaware or uninterested in the action of the moment. While only the first two shorts are directed by Ritherman Solo, Winnie the Pooh is the most successful irreverent comedy with his name on it, likely attributed to both the source material and the production making each short cohesive and compelling enough to stand alone. This is a quality that cannot be prescribed to any other package film from the 40s, as those projects were salvaging scraps and often banking on the fact that it was a collection. These shorts were released with more confidence, and they all stand strong as shorts, but the act of building a feature around them never feels like salvaging, even if it is. The whole film is cohesive and unified, and it never drops in quality of writing or visuals. The final scene that caps the film is literally salvaged from 1964 production of the first short, but its usage here feels natural and genuine as a charming endpoint to this collection of stories. While Winnie the Pooh is both a package film and reusing previously released shorts, it holds together as a cohesive piece that surpasses the feature film outputs of the studio of the prior 15 years under Ritherman. The creativity of the studio spins in place for a while longer in need of new forces to create change, but the success of Pooh demonstrates the lack of focus on cohesive set pieces within Ritherman's tenure. The nature of these shorts being made to stand alone makes them even stronger as acts of this package film. Ritherman's directorial run ends in 1977, but there are a few more years ahead of Disney finding what's missing. Next up, The Rescuers, 
1977. Please go to ghostofjojo.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.